Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Real to Real podcast. I'm Jonathan Myers. And I'm Gary Myers. Good to be back from a little hiatus. Yeah. And during that hiatus, you know, we got flooded with DMs. There's, there's just this one topic people have been wanting us to talk about. Everybody has been asking us to do this. And they want these two, particularly these two together. Yes, because it's just the... It's the hottest double feature imaginable. We're talking about The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and Wonka. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we wanted to do these uh, two origin stories uh, together and just see how it goes. The main reason we wanted to do this was it, it just happened to be two, like, newer movies we've both seen. So, like, I've seen some stuff recently that he hasn't seen, and he's seen some stuff that I haven't seen, and, you know, these two are two that we have both watched. In fact, we watched, as of recording this, we watched Wonka yesterday, and uh, we had seen Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes a few weeks ago, but we still think we could have something to say about it. It's still popular, so... Might as well get some, get a little push in the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, a lot of people have been interested when they've heard that we've seen these movies and, uh, you know, they're curious. Uh, a lot of people have seen good reviews on Wonka. I don't know what reviews they've seen on. It's weird. It's actually got pretty mixed reviews, uh, Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. But the overall audience reception is extremely high. Like, it's the highest of the entire franchise. Right, so... So, it's a very odd, odd boat. But yeah, Wonka is pretty across the board, just like critically loved, audience loved. Right, right. So So we have some real thoughts about um, which of the two movies it relates to. And, um, And, well, maybe... Maybe not relates to, but uh, we have some ideas on which one uh, it's more akin to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, okay, so let's start with The Hunger Games. Yep. Get the sad one out of the way. So uh, it's quite different than the other Hunger Games movies. Um, different set of characters. Yes. Uh, this is m- way before the time of Katniss and Peeta and Gale, all of them. It's, I mean, even before the time of, like, Hamish. It's just, this is following President Snow at the age where he would be eligible for the Hunger Games. Except he's not, because he was privileged enough to be born in the capital. And so he's a student, one of 24 students at the academy. It's like an elite um, school, almost college-like. Um, and um, even though he is sort of poor by capital standards, um, you know, compared to the rest of uh, the districts, compared to the districts, he's he's fairly wealthy, but... This juxtaposition between his wealth and the other members of the academy is is on display very often. Yeah, so we learn a little bit about his life. So he's living with his grandmother and his sister, Tigress. 
Her character actually appears in, I think, the last movie. She very, quite literally has, like, tiger makeup. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he lives with them. His father died in the rebellion. We learn more and more about him as the time goes on. And his professor is Dean Highbottom, who's credited with creating the Hunger Games. And he he had a falling out with Snow's father, so he's particularly hard on this guy. Right. So this is the tenth uh, Hunger Games. So it's very early on, and there's a unique thing about. It. So we're used to seeing the Hunger Games as accepted and loved by the capital, but this presents a unique uh, perspective. They are controversial. This is, I think, what makes this prequel interesting and extremely worthwhile. Because this could have just been a retread of every single movie, just to have the same structure. But no, this actually has new things to say. It takes the themes of the other films and expands upon them, and just makes the world feel more fleshed out it's like a great com companion piece <laughs> yeah and so it shows you that you know the the decisions you make uh, incrementally eventually have big consequences but here they're making in incremental changes and in the you know the arena is very simple compared to you know in the other hunger games movies where it's high tech and they've spent a lot of money on the arena um, and you know there's a big production the production is much smaller the tv production is yes is much lower they have a weather guy hosting the uh the hunger games uh uh he's played by actually real to real alumni <laughs> jason schwartzman right uh he's also in fantastic mr fox but uh he is, I think, the father of Caesar Flickerman from the other Hunger Games. The very goofy host <laughs> of the Hunger Games films. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, but uh, so this opposition to the Hunger Games. One of Snow's best friends is one of the leading people who has qualms about um, about the Hunger Games, and so. Um, you know, Snow is trying to figure out his place in the world. You know, he's in the capital. He, he wants to be uh, highly regarded, but he's got, you know, some limitations economically. And, and uh, so that plays into the decisions that he makes along the way. So have you noticed the number of people we said are in this class? There's 24 of them. There's also 24 people playing in the Hunger Games. Yeah. So, the exit exam for these students is to serve as a mentor for each of the 24 Hunger Games competitors. And Snow gets assigned to one of District 12's competitors, which is... Our secondary, our, our other central character, Lucy Gray Baird. Right. Great character. 
Uh, awesome very character. interesting character. Yes. Uh, she really captures like the spirit of that that competitor you really want to root for. Mm-hmm. And she she captures a lot of what District Twelve. You know, District 12 seems sort of like our Appalachia, you know, with the music influences of of Appalachian culture. And so they really draw that out. um, They really get into 12's culture more than any other Hunger Games film. Like, and I think it helps due to the fact that her character is a musician. Mm -hmm. So we get to see. You know, all we see in the other Hunger Games films is like, oh, it's terrible living 12. It's just soot, ash, just dirty. Why would you ever want to live here? And this captures a little bit of the more pleasant aspects. The arts and culture. Yes. It's still still awful. It's just... (laughs) And so it comes, it's, you know, coal mining and... um, you know that, uh, you know, paints a picture of a of a difficult life, but they found joy, especially in music, and uh, we see some of that music come through Katniss later on. Yeah, um, no, she actually prominently sings one of Lucy Gray Baird's songs. Right. So. so, but yeah, so it's in this mentorship where he becomes very attached to Lucy Gray. And it becomes more than just a mentorship. Mm-hmm. Like, they very clearly have feelings for each other. And, yeah, when the actual games occurs, he takes some extra lengths to make sure she survives. Right. So, And that's a central, um, central part of the plot, is that he helps her in ways that he shouldn't have. And so... Yes. Um, and so I don't know how much we're going to give away of this. Yeah, it's kind of so. hard. So uh, maybe we should just get into some of the more thematic things we appreciated. And maybe, so obviously, this is not a spoiler. Obviously, President Snow is not a good person. Right. <laughs> so it's very interesting watching this narrative because you really start to sympathize with him. Yeah, you root for him early on, and you know where he's going. But but, but you want him to do better. Right. They present that he has a choice uh, to be better. And you, you're even though you know where he's going, you're, you're rooting for him. It's a well-played um, uh, portrayal uh, that really humanizes a character that you just loathe in the other, in the other films, so... You know that they do a great job with that aspect, and they help you see that it's not one choice; it's it's the sum total of your choices that really, you know, can add up and and add up to something pretty awful. It's a true downward spiral, and it's also as we mentioned, you know, we have that juxtaposition where he's not really capital standards. But at the same time, that's better than 12 standards. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still overall privileged. And we really start to understand how the capital's rhetoric and 
propaganda has influenced him. And it's a very, it, it feels like a very, like, to me, very realistic depiction of a shift towards, like, indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it shows you how um, a downward spiral of a culture yes. as well. And so people who have the uh, better ideas and want to... You know, they don't want the games to go forward. They somehow get eliminated. They're getting pushed out. Yeah, and so um, so it shows how, you know, personal choices influence where you end up, but then yeah. the cultural decisions that we make together also um, have a huge impact on, on uh, the things that are tolerated and the things that are celebrated. And this is a moving from something that was tolerated to something that's celebrated. And I will give you a very strong warning. If you're wanting to go into this expecting a crowd pleaser, you are not getting that. That's right. It's, this is a downer. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a bummer. But it's well done, well shot, well acted. And uh, in a minimum of the, you know... The things that they just do to to draw in the the Hunger Games audience. There are a few of those. Um, you, you know, be warned about that. There will be a few things that you see. Oh, they just put that in there to try to. Oh yes, we we, we are cracking on one thing in particular. It's a very forced reference. You will know it when you hear it. Yeah, we won't even. I have I've told everybody about it. It's just it 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 made my eyes roll. Like, yeah. however, other than that, other than that, I think this is a phenomenal film. It's like one of the better prequels to come out right. that I can think of. I think it's my favorite one, actually, of the Hunger Games. I, I really liked it. Uh, it was, it was, it's great. It's well shot. It's yeah. a different, different feel. Um, the capital doesn't feel as. Evolve, you know, they, they haven't gone as They haven't far. sucked all the resources from right. the districts and yet. So, so it's it's a little bit of a rough and tumble uh, capital, uh, a little little rougher around the edges. And so... Little, not as quote-unquote harmonious, you right. know, a.k.a. not as much like group thing. Yeah. So anyway, but um, it really does show how decisions each day matter. Yeah. And so that's that's the real, you know, kind of overarching takeaway it, from it. It's a cautionary tale. You're not going to be happy at the end. <laughs> so, to segue... On the complete flip side. <laughs> if you want to be happy, go see Wonka. Oh, yes. I, I could not help but just smile. I mean, just over and over again. It's... I had a smile on my face the whole time. This is one of the most pleasant films I've seen in a while. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's wonderful. It, it's, it's. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really read anything. I went in cold. I'd seen trailers. But but I really didn't know what to expect. But, mm. I mean, uh, Timothy Chalamet just knocks Nails it out of the park. Uh, sings very well. Uh, yes, the songs. So, all right. Fair warning. This is a musical. This should not deter you, though. 
it's a very good musical. <laughs> so the numbers are, I don't think there was really a bad one. No, it was it's really good. all good, evenly spaced. They don't overbear you with it. It's just fun. <laughs> like, and, um, you know, some really sinister villains. Um, yeah, it really gets the roll doll darkness. It does. This is, this is our, I just realized this is another roll doll. Yeah, we, we're talking. It, we still tie it back to Fantastic Mr. Fox. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, this is our second Roll Doll film we're talking about. Yes. And uh but this is also a prequel with a like I said, much different tone from the last one we were talking about. If if anything, the other Willy Wonka adaptations are honestly more sinister than this one. Yeah, yeah. They, we yeah. just actually rewatched the old one, and there are yeah. some moments in that that are just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, when he when he really yells at Charlie and, yeah. and you then, lose, and then the uh, you know the boat scene. I can remember you know, <laughs> way back the first time I saw it. I mean, that could kind of startled me. You know, yeah, when I was a kid. You know, it's weird. I don't. Everyone talks about how they had like childhood trauma from that scene. I don't really have that. So that's a comment you've heard other people. I've say heard that? so many yeah, people no, say that's scene. like traumatized them. I don't really have that. When I saw that, I was like, I don't even remember this being in the movie. Like when I saw that being commonly shared, it's like, oh man, the Willy Wonka boat scene. It's just weird. Yeah. That that gave me some trauma too. So, so I <laughs> okay, so you're one of them too. I don't I'm know. It's just that. for some reason it didn't really perturb me. Yeah, I don't know. So this is much more like that film, the yes. early the 1971 Gene Wilder um, film. So well, so I think his suits a little closer to the Johnny Depp one, probably. However, kinda like in, in terms he of like the wear colors, any, no rubber. Yeah, gloves, no. But, uh, but uh, the Oompa Loompas are just like ripped straight out of the the Gene Wilder one, right? So and uh, but yeah, so basically the overall premise of this is uh, Wonka's just a boy with some dreams. That's right. <laughs> He's coming to a new place. He wants to make some chocolate. Unfortunately, the place <laughs> that he lands has a chocolate monopoly. No, no, cartel. Chocolate cartel. That's right. You heard you heard us correctly. That is exactly how they describe it. It is just a straight up cartel. It's sort of like the three guys in in uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. You know, yeah. No, a, it is exactly. You know, yeah. so it's like we see there. I mean, these these are companions. You yes. Know? Yes. But, uh, anyway, so but uh, yeah, the, he is better at making chocolate than any of them, and they know that. And they don't want his chocolate to go forward. They bribe the police. Uh, the police try to interfere with this, but basically Wonka and his friends decide to create an underground chocolate empire. <laughs> and it's, just, it's fun to see this transpire the the chocolates they comes up with are really creative like yeah. we we get to see like exactly what he puts in his stuff as well it's lots of weird things like bugs yes uh a ray of hopeful sunshine i think That's he says right. for one <laughs> yeah storm clouds and 
Wasn't it like no? That was for the silver linings one. You know, yeah, the silver linings. It was a storm cloud plus a. Uh, what'd you say? Array of array of hopeful sunshine. Yeah, so, anyway, so that, that was really good. And yeah, and uh, he's got some chocolate that makes Siamese cats grow hair. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. And it's really it's really funny how the poli- the police. Uh, involvement in this it involves some white gay <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, we'll that leave is it humor. there we'll leave it's it there humorous. it's uh the uh the policeman who is involved with the cartel he's paid off through chocolate yeah so, exclusively chocolate yeah so, so. uh it's, it's it's very funny that arc is extremely funny so one the big appeal for me with this film and this is why I was... Uh, there were a lot of deniers of this film. I, I was hyped for it because I knew who was involved with it. So the director, Paul King, he did the Paddington movies, both the first and second. Love these movies dearly. They're like comfort movies of mine. They're very funny, very wholesome. The second one will maybe get you in tears by the end. Like the, the ending is so sweet. And this just has all of that in spades. Same vibe. It's just adorable. Yeah, it's like, a well done, well this, done movie. This is, we talk about mostly some fairly mature films on this podcast. This is one that's definitely a good choice for your family. If you want to take your family to something. It's just very sweet. We were smiling the whole time. Like yeah, it was really, really funny. Lot very of, funny. Yeah, a lot of, lot of funny moments, but a lot of just smiles as well. Yeah. And um, so then we decided to watch. We had not rewatched the 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 first movie. Uh, Way funnier than I remembered as well. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it really had the it really had the vibe of that movie without that. Yeah, without the like the creepy, scary, without creepy, the scary boat scene. It has all the heart of that too, yeah, though. Yeah, like it still feels in the same universe. It's just yeah, it's a very worthy follow up. Yeah, which is also serves as a prequel. Right. But yeah, no, I was very happy with how it turned out. So. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you would call these cameos or not, but it has some funny uh, cast members. Oh, yes. So, um, I, I, I won't even... I'll, I'll just just take note of who the priest is. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna, <laughs> That was funny. The just, priest also <laughs> involved with the cartel. Everyone it. in this town is yeah. involved with this. Yeah. Like, just the... The moment they say chocolate cartel, like, how, how can you not love this movie? That's right. There's, this is just hilarious and so uh, that was a funny a funny thing to see yeah who the priest is and then the oompa loompa is hugh grant (laughs) keegan michael key is the cop yeah so it's just it's really good cast uh really well done it has a has a host of villains yes uh so one thing we noticed in the original there's like a guy posing as Arthur Slugworth, his main competitor. 
this this guy is actually in this movie. Like yeah. he is the main Slugworth villain. Slugworth is Arthur Slugworth, and we see wh- why he's got a little bit of a grudge against Wonka, and he's like he's very jealous because he just can't make chocolate as good as him. <laughs> Yeah, their only their only hope was to keep him out of business. Yeah, so. and Wonka's not invincible. Like we yeah. we see some of his uh, he's not the brightest. Right. He's not he's not even literate. Uh, it's, yeah. So uh, that's, that's a, that adds to some funny gags. He he go. I remember they're at a zoo and he he's like, ah, I found the giraffe, and it just says rhino or something. No, it was a tiger. It was a tiger. No, yeah, yeah that's right. The tiger <laughs> yeah. almost eats him. That's right. So uh, several things like that. But, yeah. Uh, so it's just a lot of fun. Um, you know, like I don't know what the big message is. I, I think part of the message is like. You know, if there's some, I don't want to say follow your dreams. You know, that's not that's it's not definitely what I, one of them. But. but what I'm saying is, if you're if you have a, a dream that is worthy of following, you know, yeah, um, then 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 chase it. And one of the things that he didn't do, he didn't put his dream uh, above other people. Oh yes. So I think I think that would be my my big takeaway from that movie is that he valued other people. And yeah. I think you see that in him bringing in Charlie, you know, to yes. be in business with him. But yeah, you, you sit there and wonder what happened to all these people, you know, his friends. Yeah, that's a very, that's a question that does kind of tickle you. It's like, yeah, but he's it's just kind of sitting there by yeah. himself with the Oompa Loompas. But I think that's more influenced by that second movie, the Johnny Depp one. The Johnny Depp really paints him as yeah. So he he doesn't come off as gloomy. That's a as Gene, movie. As Gene yeah. the Gene Wilder the one. The Gene so. Wilder one it sounds like he's kind of sad that he's just kind of lonely. Right, right. You know. But not as much so as the the tortured backstory just, of oh my of uh, So we don't get a ton of his backstory of how he got you know alone in the world in in the Wonka movie. Yeah. But we do get a better look at how he moved from a We see why to a he wants to make chocolate. Exactly mm-hmm. why he wants to make chocolate. And yeah. And how he starts his original operation. Yeah. So and a lot of it is to bring joy to other people. Oh yeah, you know that's just his ultimate goal. He really starts to, but yeah, to me this movie's like candy. There's not a lot of substance to it. Don't go in expecting like to be profoundly moved. There, there's other things you can watch to do that. So, but. Yeah, no, it's just, if you want something that's just fun, sweet, enjoyable, this is that. And talks about the power of friendship. Yes, it's just, it's wholesome. It's really wholesome. I just enjoyed every second of, there's not a shred of cynicism. Like, it's, it's so sincere. (laughs) Yeah, so we we highly recommend both of these, but for different reasons. Yes, if you want a very gritty deconstruction of a popular franchise, go watch Hunger Games. If you want a 
just fun continuation of another franchise, go watch Wonka. Right, and I think The Hunger Games presents you with the opportunity to think yes. deeply yes. and think about how you know the choices you make do uh, do matter. Each incremental choice yeah. matters. Um, and and Wonka is just there to make you smile, <laughs> just, and, and and encourage you to make others smile as well. Yes, so. it's anyway. So we we highly recommend both of these. Yeah, these are honestly some of my favorites I've watched in a while. Like they're not they're not in my highest rankings of films from this year, but they are definitely ones I enjoyed significantly to the point that I would say they were some of my favorites I've watched this year. So. But yeah, they turned out, honestly, both turned out better than I could have hoped for. And uh, yeah, they're definitely both worthwhile. So, Well, that about wraps it up um, for another episode of Real to Real with Jonathan and Gary Myers. See you soon.